Welcome, everybody, to episode 72 of the Two on Three podcast, where two of your friends take on three topics, <laughs> kind of, tonight, in 30 minutes. You should follow us at Two on Three Pod on Twitter, and you can send us email at Hello! at Two on Three Pod.com. You know how much we love to hear from you. I'm Chris, and you can find me rooting for Aston Villa promotion back to the premiere at CD Villa Senor. And with me is Ty. Do you have any skin in the EPL game these days? I've never been a premiership guy. No, I'm um, strictly Barcelona La Liga. Got it. You can find me exalting uh, the lively addition of Anton Griezmann to the squad here in the next few months. Got it. All that fancy, fancy Spanish soccer. Messy till I die. <laughs> uh, there you go. Anyway, um, so tonight we're doing something um, a little special. Since we were on the Don't Spoil the Endgame bandwagon, we waited a, a proper amount of time, I believe, to uh, get into our Endgame discussion. And I know no other podcasts have done this, so it's nice <laughs> to be out on the forefront of it. But um, but Endgame was a big deal, so we wanted to uh, we we would be remiss if we weren't to at least uh, share our perspectives on it. So we're gonna do a. A little bit of a, a good, better how, which is, um, you know, for those of you who do those whole team building things, <laughs> the what was good, you know, what could have been better, and, you know, how. So we'll maybe take a little look into phase four of Marvel and just sort of see if what we can figure out. Let's be crystal clear for all the listeners that this will be a spoiler-laden review, so if you have not seen the movie and you care about this kind of thing, now would be a great time to... Turn it off. <laughs> or go or go back into our catalog and listen to other episodes that you may have missed. Yes. At this point. But the Russos have blessed us at this point. The Russos said... The ban has lifted. The ban has lifted. Feel free. Like, like it took two people four seconds to start chirping about it. I even had one dude after we I left the theater on the, not the, on the second weekend... We were standing outside the theater, and this guy drove by the theater and yelled out a big spoiler. What? I mean, what possesses I, people? I don't know. And I yelled it. I just yelled it. I said, "You are the worst. <laughs> You're the worst kind of person." I don't know what. I don't know what. I mean, there were people standing in line buying tickets on the you know because it's an outside box office, and I, if someone would have turned around and thrown something at that car and hit it, and that guy got out, I would have, I would have backed that person. I agree. I, I I was just thinking that like there needs to be a we need to build in some sort of societal vengeance vengeance option for uh, that sort of situation. <laughs> yes, if there were if there were torches and pitchforks to be had at this point, I would it would have bothered me even remotely. I'd have joined it. Well, is that worse than the people in my theater who decided that at least for the first half hour they were just going to have continue their conversation? <sighs> there was a point where I turned and said loud enough, like, "You want to wrap it up." <laughs> <laughs> And the woman, I, I I don't know how loud it was, but the they weren't that far away from us, and it was like three women. I've I, I don't know what age, what age they were, but th- I heard one. I think that guy told us to wrap it up. <laughs> yes, and, he did. Yeah, and then it continued to be a problem, like throughout the movie. Like uh, there was some woman. I heard her say at one point, she's like, "Everybody's laughing at all these jokes," and I like I don't get the I don't get the references. Like, what are you doing here? <laughs> right, you don't belong here. Stop. Why why are you at this movie? Right. Yeah, I don't know. Just do, you could do us the courtesy of just shutting up until the end of the movie, and then, and then making a few mental notes, and then ask your friends after the movie. Oh, why was that so funny? I guess, or you know, write a note or something. I don't know. Just <laughs> shut the fuck up. <laughs> but I would rather the people talking than the woman who who ended up sitting directly next to me, who brought her like comforter with her. And are you was, in the are you in the recliner? Are you in the recliner movie yes, theater? Yes. Bring your blanket to the recliner movie theater. The blanket did not smell good. <laughs> uh, I see. Like I, it sounded like it smelled like it came like straight off her couch. Right. It was a little rough. <laughs> they were kind of an odd couple too because the dude seemed twenty eight and the blanket lady seemed eighteen. Mm. It was. Uh, they had they had a weird vibe. Yeah. <laughs> like he was starting some sort of cult. Maybe I could have gotten notes from him, like oh, how maybe. to start a cult. Maybe he's young Sheldon's lieutenant. <laughs> but see, that's I, I'm a big believer. If you're going to the recliner theater, go ahead and bring your blanket. You're fine. Yeah, but yes, wash it. Don't, don't, don't bring your stinky laundry in. Well, this is the that is one of the 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 
risks you run when going to public theater. You might. Because these days, when you're in the reserve seating and that person sits next to you, who may not smell good or maybe have has some bad habits or maybe is coughing up a lung and should obviously take their 102 degree fever home with them instead of coming to the theater that night. Um, you can't move anymore. You can't yeah. just, you can't just hop up and go, Whoa, you're, you're unpleasant. I'm going to move down a row and a half and then slide over to the other side of the theater. You just can't, you just can't play that game anymore. Yeah, I was wondering how long it was going to take me to get nose blind because the first fifteen or twenty minutes, I was like, "Good God, this!" I mean, it, you know, it wasn't like I don't know. Oh, it, it was unpleasant. It was. It just, wasn't. It wasn't unbearable, but it was unpleasant, and I wanted it to stop. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to a three-hour movie. You know, and I don't know if, if you're if you're ready to go ahead and dive in. Um, I'm always but, ready to dive in. Well, we can certainly start what worked, and that was one of the things I was going to say. You know, I saw people say they didn't think that the pacing was very good, but considering that I had not very high expectations, the fact that I didn't look at my watch until we were into the denouement, uh, I think spoke volumes to me about the quality of at least the, the entertainment aspects of the movie, that I thought for a three-hour movie it didn't feel... Like, I've been to those Peter Jackson movies, and, and those ones are like, this shit is so long. But I didn't feel like this was... a. Uh, uh, unbearable. Yeah, if you if you stack up the the long movies, the long fantasy movies, yeah, I think uh, there are parts of Lord of the Rings that seem long. You're, you're like, are we still walking across this marsh? <laughs> kind of a <laughs> kind of a thing. Um, the pacing the pacing of the movie is 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 good. It keeps you going. Um, there are some parts that you know we got to get some of the drama in. Uh-huh. Um, but then, but then it, it quickly picks up and, and quickly gets you moving again. Well, that's, uh, it's a really tricky thing. And if you're, if you're currently enjoying or suffering through Game of Thrones at this point. Yeah. I was going to say the opposite of what's happening which, on Game of Thrones. Yeah. It's, it's the, the problem with the, the problem that Game of Thrones is having is they're trying to wrap up all these loose ends and they're doing it way too quickly. Whereas the Avengers wrapped up loose ends, but I felt like they wrapped them up in a way that, that at least they spread them out in a way that kept you going. Right. So, so and so's journey would end and then, you know, you're on to the next person. And I think that's the difference is that and not to get sidebar already, but the game of Thrones thing, it feels like the creators, the guys, I wouldn't call them the creators, but the adapters rather that I guess they're creators at this point because they're working off original material. I think that's a huge part of the problem, first of all. (laughs) They know what they're doing. They don't like the fantasy elements of the story. They've never embraced the magic part properly anyway. They've always done it short shrift, and uh, it seems like they've lost interest. Like, they they just want to be done. Like, we're ready to do whatever we're doing next, which apparently is Star Wars, so we'll see how they can fuck that up right after this. (laughs) (laughs) For sure. But, you know, you get into into the... um, you get into the 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 snap. The, they give it back to you a little bit right there at the end, uh-huh. and just to let you feel the let you get, let you feel the pain <laughs> again one more time, which I thought was nice. It's like let's get us let's get us sort of feeling how we felt at the end of the last movie, which I think is very effective. Like sometimes you would you could just you could have just jumped right into. Yeah, you could have just jumped right into the 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 time jump where mm-hmm. everyone's sort of depressed that everyone's gone. But I think it's very effective to just say, "Oh, let's remember what happened here." I really like that they gave us the reverse angle, right? Yeah. It was the these are the people that weren't at the battle. Yeah. That that weren't directly involved in the the events and here's how what happened affect them. And then all of a sudden we had a 20-minute episode of The Leftovers <laughs> to start <laughs> to start the Avengers movie. Um although that did it I think overall that 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 first act uh, it worked for me for the most part. And I'll save what didn't work for uh, for our second segment about, you know, what what could have been better. But one of the things that I don't mean to shift gears if you had more to say about the pacing. No. Um, one of the things that made my list, so I have a list of what worked. And uh, I really, Chris Hemsworth is an underrated actor. Yeah, he's funny. And that's the, and 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 he manages to get through he manages to communicate the pain and be funny at the same time. It's it's kind of amazing that first scene where he's they encounter him and he's fat and drunk and it's just you know it's played for laughs. When they finally convince him that he should come along, 
he his he's laughing but his eyes well up as he turns to like agree uh-huh. and that's like really difficult to do and i don't know how many takes it would it, t- it took or maybe it's digital tears but if those are real tears that that, that hemsworth was able to conjure up i was really impressed it touched me a little bit i was like oh this guy's life has fallen apart and he wants to get it back together but he doesn't know how right i think that's a that's a that maybe carried off a, carried over a little bit from Ragnarok, because uh-huh. you do, because he's he's able to do that there in a little bit in a little way, right? In a, in a, uh, but uh, yeah, I thought he, I thought his performance was excellent. I mean, he has a lot. Thor has a lot to do. I mean, Hemsworth has a lot of water to carry here. He has uh-huh. to carry sort of this emotional weight. He has to also be funny. He also has to be really powerful and serious. I think he's got a tougher job. He's he's got a tougher job than most in this in this movie. Yeah, and I think that he's his character is tricky because the movie, you know, like most, we've talked before about superhero movies and the the the, the changing physics and how powers are kind of all over the map, and no one's had 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 it worse than that through the series than Thor. It's like, how powerful is he? He seems like he's unkillable, right? But and yet, yeah, but he can get fat, so that was interesting. <laughs> <laughs> fat Thor is awesome. It was, I think I'm, I'm a big I'm a big fan of Fat Thor. Well, speaking of other characters who people apparently didn't like, I heard some people apparently didn't like the Hulk, the 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 Ruffle Hulk. Uh, I saw him called Nebishy and unsettling. <laughs> um, I personally I loved it and thought it might have been the most universally appealing thing about the movie. Um, like if you weren't in on it, like that to me was kind of. The sight gags worked really well in the first act where he kind of just kept popping up and smiling and people were just weirded out by it. That worked. Yeah. Yeah. The, uh, there is a stretch of, of comics where we do get professor Hulk, where we okay. get a banner. I mean, that's, so that's not without precedent, right? right we, the have banner a, Hulk. We, have, we have a banner Hulk and, um, okay. So I know how big I am and I know how it is hard. It is for me to get clothes, but does DXL <laughs> carry like cardigans? I had that thought also. Is he getting these custom made or what? Like, I mean, where do we, do, he can't be shopping off the rack. I mean, like, I don't, I don't know what DXL carries in extra big thighs, but <laughs> he's but, hitting uh, up the Indochino. He's going to the laser measurement <laughs> joint. <laughs> the M Taylor. Yeah. M Taylor gets that order and goes, what the hell? <laughs> what, what, what are we making again? Chest eighty-seven. I don't know what's happening here. I don't know what height seven foot four. I don't know. I did miss that we didn't really get any any real Hulk smash though. It was yeah. very. I don't know. It reminded me of Beast in the X Men a little bit, where he doesn't. Where he, he never turns it up to. He never. Well, they never show him turning it up to ten. Like very never. Rarely. Like losing control of something, but. Uh, but yeah, it was funny where he has to, where they they time traveled to New York and he like, okay, I gotta smash it. He sma- kind of half ass, he kind of half ass smashes the police car. Like, Seems gratuitous. <laughs> <laughs> but they were uh, trying to get him to blend in, basically. Yeah, but it it seemed it seemed uh, it seemed like Ruffalo was having fun with it. So that was uh, that that makes it that makes it an enjoyable performance. I thought a lot of the just the character moments were earned by the series, and and you don't. You know, I, I want to buck against a lot of these reviews and I want to save some of this commentary for later in the show. But I just see the, I, I like to seek out the country, the contrarian review just to see what the contrarian viewpoint is, especially on these, you know, nerd properties. Sure. And a lot of their complaints just it was based around this idea that you don't really like this kind of movie. <laughs> yeah. It's like if you're not if you're not sitting down with the express um, the express notion that you're going to enjoy it. I mean, then. You know, I and as many complaints as I've had against something like Solo, a Star Wars story, famously, I did sit down with every intent to enjoy that movie as much as I could. I don't believe you. <laughs> I did. I did not come in with it with an axe to grind. I really did not. But um, but it. I mean, that's part of that's part of nerd culture is to is to compare movies or these kind of experiences to the experience you've already created in your head. And then to project that out and say, well, they fucked this up because that's not how I would have done it. <laughs> so, and I've done that on many occasions myself, but I did sit down with the express intent of saying, I'm going to enjoy this. I don't care what they do. Um, it's, you know, we spent a little more than a decade enjoying these in these movies, and I'm, I'm ready for them to wrap it up in any way they, they deem fit. 
and uh, and I have a lot of trust in the I have a lot of trust in what they're doing, uh, unlike what DC is doing. I mean, which, they don't know what they're doing. That's the with, problem. Exactly. So at least they have a vision. They're going to see it through. Well, they don't have vision, but they have a vision, <laughs> and they have an idea. And and like I said, I think that that when you focus this movie around those original Avengers, it has at least that, at least it has a, a foundation that you can anchor everything to, right? Mm-hmm. Like people come in and out, you know, they're going to, you know, those late phase people like, you know, Dr. Strange has a role to play. You see some, a little Black Panther here and there, but it really is about those original, that original set of Avengers. And I think that's a, I think it's a, a smart move in a, and it's, it seems proper. Well, on the filmmaking aspects of it, I really enjoyed the. Uh, I really I wrote in my notes. I was taking notes while I was watching the movie. Is that overall? I thought the shot framing. I wrote like four pluses. I thought the shot framing, the cinematography was just amazing. Um, they did a really good job subtly making a lot of one shots or two shots look like comic book panels as you're watching the characters interact with each other. They were mm. framed in such a way that like if it had been drawn, I would have bought into it. Well, that was a quick ten minutes. Um, but the one that stood out early in the movie was uh, when Natasha goes to find um, Hawkeye, and he's on his, I don't know, uh, his, his <laughs> Yakuza Ronin. revenge mission. He's, yes, he's he's that. Um, yeah, Clint has become his uh, his Ronin um, character, right? And he turns, and it's raining, of course, because it's super dramatic, overly <laughs> dramatic, if you will. And like sure. one piece of hair falls forward, and then like the rain drips off of it, but yeah. it's shot in profile. And it reminds me of so many like tortured superhero panels where it's raining, <laughs> and he turns, he's turned to whoever's here to confront him about his bad behavior, and right. uh, just it 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 really for me brought me into the comic book world, um, where that, I was like, that looks like a comic book. Uh, yeah. And I, I just really thought that was, they didn't make a big deal out of it, but I did continually notice how well framed and reminiscent of just comics, comic panels that, uh, that the cinematography it was able to capture. Yeah. Let's stick with the good. Let's keep, let's keep rolling through here. Well, I only have one more thing that was really good because overall yeah. I was a fan of the movie. I thought that it did what it needed to do. Um, mm-hmm. And the gripes I have have more to do with the fact that it's not like, I don't know that I'm going to watch this again. Like, I don't know that I need to watch it again, maybe ever, but mm-hmm. we'll get to that. We'll get there. Okay. Uh, the last thing I have in my works is that I wrote, <laughs> I am a total Mark sucker for the helmet from nowhere technology. <laughs> like, you I like just, the, you I like the, you, you like the, nan, you like the Stark nanotechnology? It doesn't, you don't even explain it to me. I need no explanation. Like, whatever the PIM suits are doing, I'm into it. Like, it <laughs> just, it's all very sort of Voltron Gundam, like, now we just have a helmet on. It's, sure. I love it. I love it. Yeah. You remember the first time you saw that move? I want to say was, I can't place it, but I can see it in my my head. It was Matt LeBlanc. Uh, it was Matt LeBlanc lost in space. Remember, he turns on the little combat mode on his uh, on his. There it is. Uh, yes, he's got the yeah. He's got the metal neck that comes uh-huh. off. Yeah, I can see it in my face in my head, yeah. but I couldn't couldn't quite place the face. Yeah. So anyway, um, no, that I I like that because it makes again you don't have to think too much about what what's happening with the physics of nanotechnology you know it's like i don't know you're wearing a one-ton suit of metal and all of a sudden it's gone it's fine, <laughs> it's we're, fine. We're, we're totally we're totally great with it ah, we don't care it's, it's in whatever that little wristband you're wearing is yeah yeah <laughs> the uh but you know again everybody you know just a just a shout out to you know um robert downey jr for carrying an entire franchise i mean he's in every movie in one way or another and he just you know, he's Tony Stark is the thread and he got he absolutely got, you know, the a perfect tribute as far as I was concerned. I and, I don't have any strong feelings about it. I thought it was handled well. I don't I didn't it wasn't like this is amazing, but at the same time, um I didn't have any real gripes about it. Uh I, I know that some people think he's the heart and soul of the 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 series, I guess, or the or the the franchise. I don't know that I ever felt that way because of the distribute, just the distribution of talent and the, the number of characters in the Avengers universe. And obviously, I'm just a big mark for Captain America in general. So, yeah, uh, I enjoyed the Tony Stark character, but you sort of, I'm always distracted by his future beard. But, <laughs> <laughs> his I really enjoyed beard. I like how they made fun of it. Oh, too. the weird beard jokes are my one of my favorite parts of the movie. <laughs> But yes, that the the series basically boils down to to Iron Man and Captain America, right? That's the, the and 
and they both got there. They both got a really terrific, uh, terrific um, salute as far as as far as thank you. You know, their their characters I think wrapped up their storylines in very satisfying ways, and and they and they certainly deserve it. I thought Cap was going to die in the fight. In fact, oh, yeah. there's a moment where Thanos punches him when he's on the ground and you see they, like the he presses his body into the ground yeah and then you don't see him again until he's at tony's funeral and i was like what what are we gonna like get any kind of resolution on that and then it just they, they figured it out at the end but i, I thought he had died there uh, for a moment god you you figured they if he would have actually died you figured they would have given you a little more hint than that yeah, just when they showed him, when he had, like, the ripped mask and the bloody teeth, I was like, oh, he's about to die. Like, that's yeah. very reminiscent of uh, the when he dies in the in the comic books. Like, yeah. he's just beaten to a pulp, and and he's just done, spent. Yeah, and Chris Evans can stop cycling roids now. So he's, he's, <laughs> oh. off, he's off the, he's off the, he's off that, that hook. Which I like is, Chris which Evans, he's a good dude. He, yeah, he's, he's a fun actor, there's no His question Botox about is getting a little weird. Little. His face is getting a little. He's a little too smooth for his age at this point. It's like he kind of pops out at like to promote one of these new movies, and his face just it's getting a little masky. Yeah. Yeah. Time to time to just embrace the the forty the the fortiness. I think so. All. I think so. Yeah. Just agree. Age into your rugged good looks, Chris Evans. It's <laughs> You'll fine. be fine. Yeah. We've seen. We've already seen old man Chris Evans, and he looks really good. <laughs> just grow some of that uh, Nikolai Coaster Waldo <laughs> hair and, and just, just age gracefully. Just do it. Well, is that a nice? Is that a sig? Is that segue for you? Work to uh, to talk about things that you maybe didn't like as much. One more shout out to Karen Gillan for doing a very for doing a bang up job with uh, Nebula because because when Guardians of Galaxy start, you, you never think Nebula is going to be this thing, and then all of a sudden Nebula is like the most important part of that story. Yeah, yeah, and still for somehow not being Rachel Lee Cook. <laughs> she she looks less. Li- she looks less like her now. But the first movie, I, I, I was, I just, you couldn't have convinced me that that wasn't Rachel Lee Cook. <laughs> Other than the fact that, you know, she's tall. Okay, yeah, sure. But, you know, whatever. But yeah, so tap it to her because she, uh, she was terrific. Yeah, I liked it. All right, what, uh, what are, so now we're into the better. What could have been better? Well, I felt like, <sighs> all right. It didn't end up mattering, but knowing for me that there was a new Spider-Man movie coming out and um, having not been able to avoid that trailer, whether I wanted to or not, it actually came up on television before I saw the end game yeah. in the theater. It, I, I know that there's no chance that the undoing the snap is not going to work. I realized that just purely from a plotting perspective that there's just no chance that that isn't going to happen. Sure. But the whole first act is hinge, kind of hinges on this, that this might not work and you need Tony to figure out the time travel and everything else. It's just, it kind of takes, I, I just, I really question the decision to have the release calendar steal the emotional weight of the first act of the flagship movie. And I, I, I say it's, even that it was obvious that it was going to work, there's just something about not being certain that I think would have helped retain the very little actual <laughs> gravitas that a movie like this can bring. Yeah, I got over it, but I can see your your point on this. But uh, but commerce, the commerce must go on. So can you the, just not? Uh, you can't wait. You can't push it out <laughs> one month so we don't have to get those previews. Yeah, because the people who are waiting to see Spider Man Far From Home are really like not going to see it if you don't start the marketing early. Enough. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> it's not like no one's going. to... Oh well, they're not going to see it if we don't tell them. <laughs> I just it was a weird choice. Uh, it didn't end up like I said. It didn't end up mattering. I think the movie stood up well enough on its own that those stakes kind of worked themselves out. But I just, it, it did, it was bothering me sort of to the point where I was kind of like, can we just get to it? Cause I know this is going to work. Yeah, sure. Sure. Yeah. And the, uh, and of course the, the Eureka moments are just funny. Yeah. You know, those kinds of things where he figures out, it's like, okay, just make it into a, a Mobius strip. Okay. Rever- a reverse Mobius strip, which is no different than a Mobius strip, <laughs> but it sounds good. It's like, just oh, okay. Saying things. And yeah. Just saying things. It's like, okay. And then, you know, just, I don't know, whatever that particle, let's track this particle. <gasps> Blink. Oh, that worked. Like what worked? We don't know, but it's great. I just, I love, I love the, the, the pseudo science magic of comic books because, Reed Richards did it forever in comic books, right? It's like, oh, let's ask Reed. It's like, okay, well, if we just did... Blah, 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 it's like, oh, that worked. It's like, like, oh. I need a, yeah, I need some paper and a pencil. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I don't even need that. I just... What if we just... Blah, 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 blah. But uh, that's that's quality. That's uh, th- Those are quality... Uh, just get to the action, right? Yeah. 
But did you feel like we needed the the Ronin scene? Did that need? Did we need that? Did we need to see? Did we need to set Clint up on his? I think I think you have to. It makes it a little more. I guess. Well, <clears throat> let's get to the fact that we went to space, and we sent two non-super powered people to Vormir. That is definitely on my list of stuff that I didn't quite understand. I was like, so the plan is to send two humans who, with no experience in space travel, in a ship that neither one of them has ever flown, to a distant galaxy. <laughs> to the celestial center of the universe, where they will deal with a soul stone thing. I don't know. They, like, none of them knew what Vormir was supposed to be like, right? You don't yeah. know. No one knows. But uh, but let's send Clint and Natasha, because they have guns and a bow and arrow. Let's send let's send a woman with a gun and a dude with a bow and arrow. Which oh, hilariously, did you notice that in his quiver he had like three arrows? Or, I like, was not. Five. I was not paying attention how many <laughs> arrows got, he was carrying. He's got like a hip quiver with five arrows in it. It's immaterial. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's all he needs is five arrows. Anyway, um, no, I think it has. You have. They, they're just setting up that i mean he has to be the one to say my life is my life has no meaning i'll go ahead and sacrifice it where natasha sees the bigger picture which is to say well you if this works you'll have a life to go back to right so and she they set it up where like that all this well they early on why don't you go home she's like well this is all i have this is this is what i do yeah so yeah i mean it paid off in a way that ended up making sense it just and humans can just breathe on Formir. It's fine. No, sure. I mean, fine. Yeah. I mean, in the humans can breathe in the in the Marvel universe in the cosmos. You can just go anywhere, and it's fine. It's just all Terran planets. Yeah, it's all like humanoid. It all works. But the um, but but the action, the, also the action in that uh, Clint Natasha scene's a little, it's a little goofy. I don't really. It's it's kind of nonsensical, but whatever. The payoff was really about. Who fall the cliffhanger? Who falls into the into the into the pit deal? It. How do I? It's overwrought. It? It's just over choreographed. It's like it's like he's gonna he's gonna actually shoot an explosive arrow into the ground next to her to knock her over so he can jump off. I mean, what is? It, it's just it's a kind of a goofy sequence. It really yeah, it didn't make a lot of sense. But uh, I, I and I, some of the legitimate gripes I saw was that you know people did feel like the. The f- essentially what amounted to multituded multi multi multiverse flashback sequence in in service of both like the plot somewhat because not really you didn't need to have everyone have a moment there was a lot of contrivance right in the going back to the past for everybody sure. to make sure they had the moments they needed to have mm-hmm. um, and I was actually okay with uh, most of the contrivance although the one thing that stood out to me uh, was the, the the metal suitcase situation. Oh. We've got these metal suitcases that we can tra- that are that are hardy enough to transport extremely powerful Infinity Stones, but if you drop that shit, it's blown open. <laughs> and the fact that it happened in two separate plots, I was like, "What? Can we, can we get some better suitcases?" Shield. The, pe- the people at Samsonite are pissed about this. By the way, <laughs> they're like, "The hell! You're totally running our product into the dirt." Right, I'm gonna have to when, get the. Clearly, you've got the matte. You've got to get the matte black suitcase because the silver one is unreliable. <laughs> that thing is gonna pop open. Just sliding it across the ground is gonna make it pop open, even if you've locked it. <laughs> that's a that's a time honored that's a time honored movie tradition of suitcases just popping open and shit. Oh, I forgot to mention maybe that uh, Clint needed the the Ronin scene just so he could get the cool haircut. Oh uh, yeah, just so he could get the mohawk or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, his Ricky Vaughn look, <laughs> the wild thing. All right, and I'm sorry. No one dies or is grievously injured in any real way in the massive missile barrage on the the headquarters. They're superheroes, not Clint. Clint, yeah, that's that's a little that's a, and rocket and uh, all right. He falls like three stories in rubble, and he just kind of gets up and shakes off the dust. <laughs> oh, oh shit! What was that? It's like a strong wow. wind. Whoa. Was that were those missiles from a giant spacecraft that destroys that's made to destroy planets? I that was yeah. I was that was tough for me, that one. Yeah. Yeah. Of course they can't die in the missile attack, but yes, that's a lot of that's a lot of firepower coming down on Avengers headquarters with nobody croaking. 
to just and move cool. on, right? Like it, it really didn't serve any purpose. Like he could have just shown up, and they could have all run outside. It didn't need. It was very strange. It's for shock value. We sure. they, we needed that. We needed to 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 create that little hellscape that they needed to fight in. Fair. So so it's still funny. It's like <laughs> it's, I still agree with you, and they 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 did my favorite Secret Wars number four uh, cover. Kind of with with the Hulk holding up like all that rubble, yeah. Which is my so for you comic book nerds. If you go Google or not comic book nerds, if you Google Secret Wars number four, you'll see it's my favorite cover of like comic book cover of all time, where the Hulk is holding up this mountain, and everybody's underneath it is just effed up, and uh, <laughs> the tagline's great. It's like under a billion tons of rock is the Hulk. <laughs> and he's not happy about it. <laughs> and so, so when the Hulk's holding up all that rubble, uh, it's pretty cool. And um, yeah, and there's some little, there's a little, there's some question about, um, for me about Ant Man's powers as a big, when he's big Ant Man, because he comes a bolt exploding out of that rubble pile. Um, not really sure that was in his. <laughs> not really. I did not know that was in his meilleur. I suppose just his his molecules are getting large. His atoms are getting extremely large very quickly. Yeah, I don't know. Which of course, which of course, sidebars us into the hilarious fan theory that he would Ant Man up Thanos's butt and then just just grow <laughs> just grow to giant man size, and that's how Thanos would die. I like it. Actually, my son told me that. He said, he said, you know what I heard? <laughs> I heard Ant Man. <laughs> turns small and goes up Thanos' butt and then grows huge, and that's how Thanos dies. I said, that's a great plan, buddy, <laughs> but I don't think that's how the movie's going to go. <laughs> it does but seem that, like a good idea, right? Just put me in a suppository, and then I'll just yeah, he resize. Have to just, I'll, just, I'll just go and I'll just go super small and jump up his butt, which probably would not be particularly pleasant. I like Thanos' lake house. <laughs> you like the garden? He's just, yeah, I'm, just, I'm done. I'm going to go yeah. hang out. Yeah, like he even does the sort of gladiator, the Russell Crowe gladiator hand sweep over the, over the, <laughs> over the. It's like my mission is accomplished. I'm I'm at peace. I'm at peace with everything. Oh, here come the Avengers, and Thor's gonna cut off my head. Really makes you wonder if that's like what Hitler would have done if he had completed his plan. Yeah, All just right. gone, I'm, just retired to the country and yes, like uh, ran his hands over the tall grass and the wheat. Yeah, yeah, probably not. <laughs> Uh, last thing, so I, you know, me and movie hair—it's a big thing for me. So <laughs> you mentioned. Are we coming back to? Are we coming back to Chris Evans's hair piece? <laughs> no, what we're going to talk uh, about Robert Downey Jr.'s hair is giving up. Like his hair in this movie is—it's just a mess. I don't know what's happening. <laughs> what? Okay, so after they rescue, I don't know what's going on with Robert Downey Jr. Maybe he's doing another role or something. But when they bring him back from deep space, um. Like he, they have an IV in him, and he's sitting at that table. He looks like he's twenty pounds lighter. He looks like he's literally halfway to being dead. I think that was just they were doing a. He was nearly starved to death from being out there for. Yeah, but that's some real method acting. I mean, he looked like he was l- actually skinny. I don't know. Maybe they're just doing it with computers. Who knows these days? I don't know. It's true. I mean, let's let's let me jump back to the good. The de aging on on uh, Michael Douglas was awesome. Uh, and that de-aging technology is pretty ugly. That's great. It was it was good all over the place. I thought I felt like it never took me out of the movie. It uh, well, I think the Michael Douglas one was the one where I was like, wait, is that even a real person? <laughs> <laughs> but the uh, oh, do we uh, oh in the uh, in the in the better section, we should do at least a couple of minutes on on uh, Captain Marvel being slightly op. Like okay, so so we understand that she can fly across the known universe in at some amount of time like she just does this but you know they find she just she just she knows where tony is i guess they figure out where where what are they extrapolating maybe they extrapolate or she's just gonna fly around deep space until she finds tony my assumption was that he was somehow just between wherever she was in the pager and then she just like oh hey i, I this is this must be related <laughs> <laughs> no, because because she she no she shows up with the pager and then she gets a debrief right from the from the Avengers and they say well you got to go find Tony so maybe she flew to 
Titan noticed that everyone was gone and then, I don't know, picked a direction, figured out which way they might go and then tracked them down. Um, yeah. Maybe I'm not remembering the order of events that, so she finds him after they're talking to her in the, in the opening. No, no. So at the end of Captain Marvel, yes, they, um, the Avengers are effing around with the pager. Right. And then she shows up. That's the, that's the cut scene. That's the, that's the post credit scene in Captain Marvel. Ah, uh, got it. So they must tell her, hey, Thanos did a snap thing. I'm glad you're still here. <laughs> they probably exchange pleasantries and some origin stories of some oh, sort. Oh, got it. And then they say, you need to go to Titan or wherever and see if you can find any Avengers out there. Yes, unfortunately, my viewing of Captain Marvel required me to leave during the credits, and I knew I was going to miss something, and that obviously was the piece uh, of the puzzle that I didn't that. have. That's that is that. So the end of yeah, that's the end of that's the end of Captain. That's the post credit scene in Captain Marvel. She shows up and sees and hangs out with the the Earth of the what's left of the Earth Avengers, and that was then that's that. She just, got it. Got it. Okay. So did you want to? Did you have a gripe with the fact that she's just the most powerful oh, being in the universe? No, but I, I guess I guess they just figure you figure that she's out. I mean, they they have to make a convenient excuse that why she's not around. Well, I mean, the fact that she doesn't really care that much about this particular planet, it kind of works Earth? for me. Yeah. What? She doesn't care about Earth? I know. She is a, a human. She is from Earth. But the, uh, but yes. Yeah, so she suffers from the Superman issue, which is to say if she's there at the beginning, it's not nearly as interesting as she is being the cavalry, right? But it was, I had, I had actually forgotten about her a little bit. Yeah. Until they were like, what are they firing at? And I said, oh, yeah, it's Captain Marvel. And then, and then the of course, she, and then she thrashes, <laughs> she, th- she thrashes Thanos' ship in like one second, which is, you know, is what she does. Because she's thrashed, you know, she thrashed the, uh, the, the, the Kree ship in like one second as well. Or the, she thrashed Ronan's buddy's ship. Right. In like two seconds. Right. Before Ronan put the makeup on. <laughs> right before he decided to go with the eye black. Yeah, he didn't get on his Morrissey kick until after. <laughs> More of a Robert Smith thing, I guess. His, his emo kick. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so, so that's what. So she just suffers from that. So she, she, you know, she, she had a role to play, and you know that being that. And what's going on with Anthony Mackie's beard? <laughs> <laughs> we could put that under the better list. Anthony Mackie needs to I'm grow saying. grow a fuller beard. It's just it's too manicured, and it makes his jaw look like it's detached in some weird. It's very way. thin and very high up off the jawbone. It, <laughs> right. It's very strange. It's like he shaved underneath the beard along <laughs> the chin line. It's it's very strange looking. Could you make your beard look like the Anthony Mackie beard for at least a little while? No. <laughs> I will not do that. <laughs> that will look very bad. Oh. Sometimes, like I'll trim it up too much on the neck, and it gets. A little, I'm like, oh no, and then I gotta like let it grow out a little bit. Get, get that you don't. You don't want your double chin showing underneath the beard. You gotta get your beard to cover the whole part of your double chin. Why do you think I have this beard at all? <laughs> <laughs> See, Anthony Mackie doesn't have that problem. Thus, he's poorly shaved his beard. He's made bad beard choices. He's too thin. He's too thin. He has. <laughs> they're like, oh, Anthony, if we shave your beard up, your double chin. He got no double chin. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so we get into phase four here, and we have Falcon as Captain America. It'll be interesting to see what kind of, what kind of is it going to be? Basically, you know, Falcon and Bucky. Like, is it going to be? Is it going to be? You know, if he's the Winter Soldier, could they be the Falcon and the Snowman? <laughs> Falcon in the winter snowman. Well, it sounds to me like we're into the third segment of, of what else? Where are we going from here? Well, yeah. The how. Yeah. The how. I, I don't know that I have a good feeling for... I mean, it, it. okay, so I had a couple of things I wrote down for this because there is... The, like I said, I, I sought out sort of the contrarian point of view and I grabbed a couple of quotes from some reviews that I thought were at least something I wanted to go over. So let me read something to you that, 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 I, that I grabbed. Quote, there's no rule or convention or standard of kindness that says the makers of Endgame couldn't have made an even vaguely self-contained sci-fi action movie. 
ended it the way all other movies ended, with things returning more or less to normal, and then just said, we are now done telling the stories of those characters. Frankly, this would have ruled. Instead, they buckled under the wholly self-imposed pressure to, like, do right by undies man and mech genius in this hour of their retirement. And the result is a movie where so much of the important and permanent stuff that happens has the impossible-seeming quality of feeling both arbitrary and also inevitable. There are no surprises. Only children and the least savvy viewers will not spot the either-or choices the filmmakers have dug their way into a mile away. This is a comic book movie. Right. <laughs> are you familiar with how comics work? Because I get, like, you can't review a movie like this from the standpoint of regular filmmaking. It, this is a large piece of a much larger serialized story that probably has no end. So there is no reason to do what this reviewer describes. There is no impetus for the filmmakers to do this. Being bought into the characters is the whole point, which leads me into this other quote that I grabbed. It says, if you are, quote, if you are not the sort of person who has invested disproportionate personal emotional significance in the fate of gun lady or arrowfella, there's a good chance this grim game of musical chairs will resolve itself in your brain into an uncomfortable and removed analysis of shit like genre conventions, if not brand fatigue and the dreaded IP. So when gun lady and arrowfella are faced with a terrible do or die choice and the scene quickly evolves into an explicit test of which one can survive, you never quite escape the feeling that that the cruelty that has forced them to this moment is less cosmic and more corporate, an artificial Sophie's choice being foisted upon the filmmakers by the filmmakers with the emotional weight sort of presumptuously passed along to you, the viewer. Yes. 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 I mean, Scar Jo <laughs> does not want to do this anymore. We got to get her. We, she's got to be done. Would Evan's- you believe those are two separate reviews? <laughs> Gun, gun lady and arrow fella and then undies man and mech genius it's like okay so yes you don't like this i get it right yeah <laughs> but yes being bought into the characters is the whole point of even going to see a movie like this how yes. could you review it from any other point of view at all yeah they're wrapping up they're wrapping up their these actors like if you're gonna step back one these actors are wrapping up their superhero careers right it's been 10 years yeah I'm it's surprised fun. they got everybody to do this this long. They, I mean, they were obviously having fun and they were telling good stories and they were getting paid really, really well, but they've got other shit to do. So, okay. So let's let them bow out gracefully and we'll, we'll, we'll fish in the well, the deep well of Marvel comics to get more people out. It's fine. And in fact, the transition from whatever the characters are today to whatever they become for the next 10 years is something of interest to people who are interested in the property. And if you're not into it, then I get why you would feel this way. Right. But it just seems absurd to me to even look at it from that point of view as if you're the point of view that you're saying... The the fact that the the dismissive tone the the the, the sort of you know, the overall derisiveness toward anyone that is a fan that oh you're an idiot basically if you like you're this, unsavvy like, you're unsavvy I, I like you know what There's, <laughs> I watch lots of shitty movies that I don't like these yes. movies aren't I I know I have the correct temperature of these movies when I go to see them and it's just about the quality of that story that they're telling in this universe and as a person who really for a very long time in my life enjoyed professional wrestling marking out is half the fun of of participating for sure we've talked before on this show many times about how i can't watch like unserialized television like my wife likes kind of those the villain of the week shows more than i do Uh i can't really put up with it very well Uh um i tend to need a self-contained story when it comes to something like that uh but for this specific franchise and i think probably for star wars going forward um i'm kind of able to just put it away and say, you know, I know what I'm getting myself into. I understand the, the, the rules of this universe, and I'm not going to hold it to the same standard that I would hold something that is more serious fair to. Sure, sure. And, and to the filmmaker's credit, I mean, they were as consistent as you could possibly have been about how they treated the characters and, and how they did, how they went about their business. Everybody seemed to be doing what they were supposed to do. Nobody broke the rules or there was no, there was no weirdo from left field twist that, that, that I, that took me out of it. I think the most contrived character development aspects were the, the reasons behind like this, that what, what led to civil war were a little sketch. Sure. Like, but that's yeah, like yeah. the worst complaint you could really have about the characterization. Yeah. Everybody else is very consistent. I even saw someone complain about 
Cap using uh, Mjolnir as fan service. And I was just like, fuck you. <laughs> like, f- fuck yes, it was. But it was the good kind of fan service. Just because it's what we want, that doesn't, by definition, make it useless fan service. It, it happened at the correct moment in the movie. Mm-hmm. It wasn't a protracted sequence. Um, right. It was something that is iconic from the books. It, it paid off the moment from... Uh, the first Avengers movie where Cap is the only one that could budget and Thor uh-huh. kind of gets nervous for a minute, which is and he kind of like, what? Yeah. <laughs> and then he's, and then there's, yeah, there's a whole thing where he's like, no, nothing. It's, it, it's fine. It's, it's <laughs> <laughs> but I, I, I thought that was great. I was super excited. I definitely marked out during that moment and, you know, Cap bloody with the, with the, with the hammer was one of those things that again, going back to my cinematography compliment that I, I felt like I was pulled into watching a comic book and we've talked before about the the approach uh, like of christopher nolan trying to trying to make comic books in, into the real world and the previous sort of batman movies kind of trying to make a live action comic and failing and to me this is the perfect they, they've struck the balance perfectly with these movies where it's both somewhat believable in this world mm-hmm. as real world influence but also feels like a comic book right they never they never lost they never lost track of the of the of the fact that that this is a comic, right? Yeah, and I saw reviewers gripe about the fact that if you hadn't seen the movies, like, why would you be like, what's this Tilda Swinton thing? And again, what are you doing in the theater for this movie if you right. if you don't know anything about it or just guess? <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, it's like he's going to look for Doctor Strange. Doctor Strange. Oh, really? I never saw the Doctor Strange movie. This must be from that. Yeah, that's a wizard. I don't know. <laughs> what else do you need to know? Right? He's the Sorcerer Supreme. This is yeah. She's living in his house five years before he became Doctor Strange. What do you think? This is not a difficult. This is not difficult mystery to piece together. She actually explains it in the scene. <laughs> if you hadn't seen the movie about how he was supposed to become the best, and, and yeah. yeah. Anyway, moving on. Uh, yeah. Another thing I wanted to mention that since we did all the cameos, like everybody got to show back up, right? Everybody got mm. to. I think that. Um, what? Sorry. What is the woman that plays Agent Carter? Oh my gosh, Haley Atwell. There you go. Uh, my crush get... on my crush on Haley Atwell came roaring back, like full steam when I when she showed up in the uh, when she shows up at the military base. I'm like, oh my god, Haley Atwell, so awesome! <laughs> I watched as much of that Agent Carter series as I could manage. Yeah, it wasn't. It, I didn't love it. They but, didn't know uh, what they were doing with the show. Not really. But the guy who plays Jarvis was also excellent. I like that guy. That actor's good too. Um, and he got to show up. Which was kind of a interesting, you know. Hey, there's a Marvel television person hanging around on in a Marvel movie, which is kind of a interesting. It wouldn't. Thing. Have, I, I would have killed me if they had somehow figured out a way to get Quake in the movie. But I guess that's now happening in the future, so it doesn't really, yeah, make sense. But, but I was. Can, we, leaving. Can, can you give me a second more to your to sort of just gaze dreamily in the air about Haley Atwell? <laughs> uh, Let me know when you're done. All right, I'm done now. But it made me laugh because almost everybody who showed back up got a speaking part, except for Haley Atwell. But most, except for Natalie Portman, whose scene was clearly cut from B-roll from the <laughs> Thor Two movie, <laughs> where she's waking up from getting knocked out for the fifteenth time. You know what? She she collected a paycheck and didn't have to do anything. Only second to, by the way, for Game of Thrones people, uh, Lena Headey getting paid a million dollars an episode to stare out a window. That's, that's all she did. That's all she's done the whole season. And she get paid a million dollars an episode? That That's the number one. The 1A would be Natalie Portman getting paid B, to be in Endgame and probably going to get royalties for it and never having to work a single minute. It just cracked me up. Like, I was just laughing because I know that she was so derisive about her own uh, experience in this movie. Um, but it just it made me laugh that, that we had to, we had to cut to the scene where she rolls over and wakes up to establish, to remind you, like, oh, by the way, the person that he's obsessed with is Natalie Portman. I'm obsessed with Natalie Portman. <laughs> Last question I have for you on this, uh, given the the attitude about the reviewers that I, that I talked about would people be more forgiving people being critical critics if the whole thing was sort of a hybrid animation like a little bit like spider-verse would they get over the need to treat it like a like serious fare um i don't that's a good question because people love spider-verse i love spider it's incredible spider-verse is great but 
it is what it is. I mean, I, I think that I think that having it be live action makes it just that much better, right? It's just a I don't know. I think it's more of an accomplishment to do it in real in to do it in IRL than uh, than to do it otherwise. I wondered if I, well, I guess my my takeaway was that I don't think that I would be bothered if more future Marvel movies were animated if we pivoted to some sort of a, a hybrid kind of enhanced animation look like Spider-Verse for I think I think there's I think there's something I think there's something to be said for having an animated world and a non-animated world. Fair. And uh although in the um you know I thought it would be funny if um in the Far From Home uh there's a picture there's a there's a shot where he's sitting there and there's this huge um there's this huge mur- mural of Iron Man. Mm-hmm. Like if they find a way to make that painted by Miles Morales, oh, I, I like that. That would be a, that would be a that would be an interesting. We'll see if they. It just seemed like oh you know that would be that would be kind of a cool thing. All right. <laughs> Although he'd be like twenty, he, I don't think he'd be born yet. Probably not timeline wise. <laughs> I don't know. You could just jam him in there. Um, I have a, one other. I know we're getting we're getting close to uh, to being long here, but the uh, I did have something that struck me as funny was so we send we send cap back to all the uh to the to return all the stones mm-hmm. he ends up on vormir to return the soul stone hey johan schmidt <laughs> i know you i know you didn't i kill you during war didn't you didn't we fight and didn't we didn't you die oh my god i'm so it's really fun to see you oh what oh you're you're banished here for for eternity to stand on this desolate mountain and by yourself to guard this soul stone. That's great. That's a, seems like a good thing for you to be doing. Okay. Bye. Yeah. All right. Well, gotta go. <laughs> it's nice to see you. <laughs> good luck with the rest of this. <laughs> good luck living here on Vormir. Right. Yeah, bye. Yeah. I, can bye, just... I gotta, bye. Gotta go. It, it, it reminds <laughs> this idea reminds me of when Jim Carrey walks out of the Seven Eleven in Dumb and Dumber. Big gulps, huh? All right, well, see you later. <laughs> that would be awkward. Awkward. Yeah. Awkward. Gar- guarding the soul stone for eternity, huh? Yeah. All right, well, see ya. Okay. What is? It? And plus, he has to jam the ether back into Natalie Portman without her knowing. I'm not sure know. how that works. <laughs> I don't know either. Maybe he takes Ant Man take it up there like a suppository. Maybe <laughs> should have taken May- it with him. Right. Um, okay, and then one other thing, they, you know, the, the, uh, the fact that in the alternate, the alternate ending to the Avengers, um, Loki gets away with the Tesseract, which should obviously play a big role in the next set of movies. Probably a multiverse thing. Probably gets us to bridge the X-Men and the Fantastic Four back into the, into the, into the universe, which will be interesting to see how they do that. Um, I'm looking forward. I'm looking for. I'm looking forward to an, an actually good Fantastic Four movie that isn't The Incredibles one or two. Yeah. yeah anyway. Uh, well, the last thing I was going to say, and it's funny to me that because I think when we were about to start the show, you said you, you really going to do a whole show on Endgame. <laughs> Here we are. <laughs> Here we are. Four minute arc. Uh, yeah. The smelly blanket lady and her weird old boyfriend were straight up <laughs> sobbing when Tony died. Sobbing. Yeah. Like, just. I mean. I didn't even get choked up. I got choked up during a couple of different parts. That that one touched me, but not in a, in a cry. cry get, I don't know. I'm not going to start crying about it. It's just, My it's, daughter was full-on sobbing. Yeah, well, she's a young teenager. <laughs> <laughs> not I, ostensibly an adult human. I think I mentioned this during our, our, uh, our um, Infinity War podcast where when Spider-Man died, she cried pretty hard uh-huh. and she cried pretty hard when tony died it was uh and during the funeral scene she was crying crying pretty hard which i thought was cute good for her well i the last quote i grabbed from the re- the review which again was shitting on the idea that she'd be bothered <laughs> the characters, i thought it was appropriate for these people so the quote the avengers movies have never before given me the urge to shake adult human beings and angrily remind them that these are comic book characters uh-huh. That's a talking raccoon. That's a green space alien. That guy shoots lightning. That guy shrinks. Settle down. Yeah, and you know what? Also, uh, all those people that Shakespeare wrote about, he made them up. (laughs) 
there really weren't teenagers in Verona, Italy, who were who who killed each other or died because they loved each other. That that never happened. So stop crying during Romeo and Juliet, you fucking losers. <laughs> don't relate. Don't do not emotionally relate to anything fantastical right. ever. Right. Fiction. Otherwise, otherwise you're a joke of a person. Listen, yes. Listen, if it's fiction, fuck you. You shouldn't cry about it at all. <laughs> Only cry about real shit that goes on. <laughs> kind of a bullshit. Kind of a bullshit perspective is that. This is terrible. All right, so I don't know. We don't really do reviews, but uh, I don't know. On a five star rating, what do you give Endgame? I give it a five. You give I it full I, five. I give it full five. I liked it. I liked it. I think it. I think it. I think it was built for a purpose. I think it served its purpose well. I you know I enjoyed it. I thought it was a fitting salute to you know to a decade of film walk film making um and i think it's something that from a cinema point of view we'll probably never see again i'll give it a four stars only because i'm concerned about its rewatchability but i don't think that matters in the context uh, as much as I, I would just want to watch it again and again i'd like it to be a little bit more rewatchable i would like there to be less homework to do to be able to enjoy it like to some <laughs> extent i'd love actually somebody to do like a like cut together an eight hour version of the all the movies yeah. yeah, but it's part of it's you know that's the that's the part that also makes the viewer who has earned it feel really good about it, right? You know, I watched I watched twenty two Marvel movies and here we are. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I liked it. God bless them. I think they've I think they pulled off something that that if you would have asked me before they started if they could pulled it off, I'd have said hell are you crazy. Um, and not only did they do it, but I enjoyed. I would say I enjoyed ninety percent of my tr- travel through the Marvel universe at, up to this point. So I agree, and I think great. that the fact that they were able to pull off something that I normally would have, under almost all circumstances, thought was very corny when Tony confronts Strange about is this the time we win, and if I tell you what happened, what happens, it won't. Uh-huh. The fact that I didn't hate that and that it paid <laughs> off, I, I thought it was pretty masterfully done. Yeah, so yeah. really good. I enjoyed it. Quite good, good stuff. It's time for the OT. Which means... Now comes the part where we throw our heads back and laugh. Ready? Ready! (laughs) Dad jokes of the week. Woo! (laughs) All right, you've already warned me. The dad jokes are bad this week, people. (laughs) So let's just get this done. (laughs) Hang in there. Hey, listen, if you could have sat through Endgame, you can sit through our podcast, for God's sake. It's not even that long. Yeah, you can't watch Endgame on 2X, so I don't want to hear any complaining. (laughs) What do you call a cat who eats lemons? A sourpuss? <laughs> what do you call a small parent? A minimum? Uh, ooh. <laughs> Daddy going to take a bath? No, I'm going to leave it where it is. Yeah, that's a very, that's a, that is a quality dad joke, actually. That's, a, that's what dad would say. It's terrible. Actually, I'm going to use that next time someone asks me if I'm going to take a shit. <laughs> I'm actually going to leave it behind. <laughs> what is a pig's favorite Shakespeare play? Uh, I don't know. Hamlet. Hamlet. <laughs> oh, God. I told my doctor that I always get heartburn when I eat birthday cake. He said that I should take the candles off first. <laughs> I tell dad jokes, but I have no kids. I'm a faux pas. Oh. That was the wow. best one of the week. <laughs> <laughs> so to make up for that, I encountered one in the wild that I would want to share with the audience okay. here. Would you like to go fishing for a giant squid? Not unless I have to. <laughs> Not unless I have to. <laughs> it's a Jules Verne joke. <laughs> Don't you get it? Yeah. Timely. All right. So um, I haven't been writing so many dad jokes at work because I lost Ooh. my whiteboard. <laughs> so, But I do have one here. And uh, I have to deliver it in sort of like uh, Michael Keaton style. It, it comes better if Michael Keaton style. Okay. Um, doctor says, uh, we've added you to the transplant list. And Michael Keaton says, uh, really? Uh, why this sudden change of heart? <laughs> I'm just nodding. I don't have it. <laughs> that's, the only, that's the only reaction I got. I got to deliver that in the Michael Keaton way. Yeah, really? Yeah. Yeah, kind of uh, like that. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> really? Why this sudden change of heart? Anyway. Anything else in OT? Um, 
nothing really. Do you want to talk? Ah, we've gone so long. We'll 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 push it off to the. Maybe we can review whether or not. So we were going to talk because the PGA Championship is this weekend. We were going to talk a little bit about uh, Tiger Woods props available for betting, and uh, maybe instead we can review them next week. In the yeah, ATC. we'll just review them and see how they did. Yeah. But I'll, we'll just we'll mention one. The prop the prop bet for outright winner is plus eleven hundred, which put, isn't which isn't too bad. I'll put but ten I think, bucks on that. <laughs> but I think some dude like I think I've already seen news of people placing just outrageous bets on Tiger winning already. So. Who knows? Maybe Vegas can make up for all that money they lost when he won the Masters. So. Maybe. I root for Vegas. I'm rooting for the house. <laughs> <laughs> this guy's over here playing the don't come line on the crafts table. Here, here's the deal. Like, I like going to Vegas. I like going to those big hotels and casinos. And if the house don't win, they can't have those. Yeah, ask Donald Trump about that. Yeah, see? Exactly. All right. Well, that's our show. Our thanks to all of you for listening to Two on Three Pod this week. I hope you enjoyed our end game thoughts, and I hope they were a little bit different than anything you heard from other folks in the space this week. We try to do it a little bit differently around here. We appreciate tremendously the time you choose to spend listening to our show. If you don't already, please subscribe and or drop us a review on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and Spotify, and do not be shy about sharing your thoughts and suggestions for the show. And be sure to join us next week for another special edition Two on Three Pod, where we dive deep for the 20th anniversary of Star Wars Episode 1. But until then, peace! (laughs) 